I'm Paul Comfort, and today's a special edition of Transit Unplugged. Today I'm in Switzerland, of all places, and it's the first place in the world where there's a autonomous shuttle which has been fully integrated into a regular public transit system, the regular public route into the same control system that all the regular buses are using, the first place in the world, recognized by CNN in one of their big stories recently. Today I'm talking with uh, several people on this show who will be kind of tell us the different facets of how this system got set up. There is a very interesting structure of how it happened here in Switzerland. And I think it's a good model for North America and the rest of the world to look at in moving toward putting autonomous shuttles into regular route service. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Today I'm with Alexander Schultz, who's the Senior Project Manager with Amotech. Amotech is a company that's been set up to help oversee the structure of how autonomous shuttles are coming into Switzerland. And Alexander Schultz is the Senior Project Manager who's working with the city to make this, uh, this whole system operate. Alexander, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Paul. All right. So uh, Alexander was telling me part of his role in helping to get an autonomous shuttle into service here was uh, the very first thing was to actually get it licensed. Is that right? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, what did you have to do to make that happen, to actually get a license to run on the road without a, without an operator? Yeah, to explain a little bit, the buses are not homolo- have no homologation, so you have to have a, a single admittance. So you have to talk to the authorities to explain a little bit of about the project and to get information what they can expect from you. So um, they give you the admittance only in combination with the track. The route that you're on. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. But this is a, this is a, uh, this uh, autonomous shuttle was running on a regular route mixed in with regular buses just like normal. Definitely. We have a lot of pedestrian ways and we have a lot of cars going down there. So it's quite challenging for the yeah. little bus. This city of Newhausen is amazing. It has the largest waterfall in Europe. Is that right? Right here? Definitely. In, yeah. in terms of quantity of water right. coming down. And what do you call the, the falls? The Rhine Falls. The Rhine yeah, Falls. Yeah, yeah the they're Rhine just falls. beautiful. And it's just outside your office. Can't yeah, quite see it from the window here. but It's a perfect scenery to work with. So. Yeah, but there's a lot of tourists here is the point. Definitely. And to have this shuttle work without a driver putting on the brakes, but having the vehicle do it itself is quite a feat, right? So the first phase has been to put it on the red line, line 12, which it's on right now. And uh, it runs on a regular route. And you've had it in service since when? Since uh, March 27. It was was the inauguration uh, run on public roads. And since then, we have eight thousand passengers right. using that service. It is free and we have a lot of curious people that like that bus. I'm sure. Uh, in the beginning, some people are scared, but when they learn to know how they, per, this uh, works and they're not scared anymore. Right. So, so the route it's on rail is kind of a circular route that goes around. Yes. But the next step of this is you want to go into the purple line, which would have it go around the Rhine Falls. But the issues there is going to be bi-directional, meaning it goes to one end, it doesn't turn around, it just yeah. uses the back of the bus as the new front, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We have a software done there that is uh, allowing us to have this bidirectional service because in the end, there's no space to turn around. So right. we have to have 
to change the back and forth. <laughs> just have it come back. And then I think the next step you guys are looking at is an interesting one, which is how to get this Navia vehicle, which you're using now, but there's also another company called Easy Mile, yes. both French manufacturers. And you were telling me that now there's maybe some other manufacturers entering the field from yeah. other places in Europe. Yeah, the, the market is very interesting and the market is growing. So uh, we have also the uh, company Ego Mobile. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a spin-off from a university in Germany, and they're producing with the ZF Friedrichshafen also a car. And this is also interesting to put into action, though. So the next step, after you have it on uh, a regular route mixed into traffic and then have it bi-directional, meaning just like a subway car doesn't always turn around, it goes to the end and then just comes back the other way. In the U.S., people are familiar with that. The next step is to go to demand response, where people will go on an app and call it to come to them, right? Yes, that's the idea, to make this thing next, because um, this is the next step uh, that is quite important to solve. Mm -hmm. We will define an, an area where defined places yes. are where the people can go on the bus or leave the bus and to have the connection to, right. to the big buses, though. Right. There's, so there's an envelope, an area where, where it will operate. Definitely. And then yes. people can get on that and take it to either the train or just go wherever they want to within that envelope. Yeah, that's Predefined. It. So that, that'll be a, a further phase. And then I think the final phase that we were talking about today, which is going to require some artificial intelligence and some other integrated features, is uh, to basically take the current person that's on the bus off. So you don't have a driver. There's no steering wheel on this vehicle. But you still have someone there who's kind of like... Um, uh, what, what do you call them? What's their role? This is a steward. A, a steward. steward okay. A steward that is helping in the case the little bus can't move anymore or there's an occurrence. There's a person for safety purposes on always on the bus to, right. to help. And he's got, if he needs to, a little controller, almost like a video game controller where he yeah, can move it the is. vehicle, in, right? In this case, it is, yes, yes, definitely. So talk about, just for a minute, about the integrated features that would be required to eventually not have anyone, a steward on the vehicle. You were telling me a good analogy. Tell me the analogy of how we used to have stewards on, on elevators. Lists, yes, yes, yes. It's a nice story because in former years, it was always an, an operator or a person that was pressing the buttons in the, in the elevators and uh, people were scared to go by themselves or alone in an elevator because it was a technical thing and they don't know too much about it and nobody actually is not missing the lift boy. So right. people would be also used to having no more drivers. Right, so you're saying the analogy is, just like in big buildings, we used to have someone sit in the elevator and push the buttons for you, now we don't think anything about it. The same thing could be said to be true on public buses. Absolutely. That eventually you, you would get used to not having someone there because it would be running by itself. But in order to make that happen, what are the phases that we need to have in these integrated features? Yeah, there's a lot of work to, do, to be done. So we have uh, to have information to the vehicle and get some information from the vehicle, like you have a sort of a remote control function. If there is no driver anymore, you have to have an, a person or an authority that is giving some information or some, um, some commands to the bus to moving. And also, for example, media, it's very important to have this information or have an emergency intercom. And video surveillance is a quite vital part for this. And also, like in the normal buses, you have this travel information wherever you go. Exterior displays, you have also information, interior displays, and you have also this uh, ticketing thing um, because there's no vending machine anymore and there's no person that can give you some cashback.
Right. So you just tap your your card or your phone onto the um, the fare integrator. It's on the vehicle, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So you you have to have an uplink from the vehicle, which is the motion tracking, the configuration information, the status of the vehicle, any events that are occurring out on the street, construction or an ambulance, and then down to the vehicle, you've got the manifest. But then you also have from dispatch, if necessary, some type of remote control. Very good. Well, thank you, Alexander. This has been uh, fascinating. You're the project manager, the senior project manager for the first autonomous shuttle in the world that's been integrated into a regular public transit system. Congratulations on that role, and thanks for sharing with us today. Paul, thank you very much for being with us. So enjoy thank being you. at the Rhine Falls. Thank you. All right, we're here with another guest. Uh, this is um, Marcel Seelhofer, who is the chief operating officer of the transit system here in Schaffhausen. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being here. So uh, English isn't his primary language, but he's really good at it. So tell us what you do here and a little bit about your operation. We just went around and toured it. Tell, tell our listeners about it. Well, as the transport uh, company of Switzer, of Schaffhausen, we are in charge of the public transportation system of the city and also of the suburban areas in Switzerland. It's called the Kanton, which is all the, the little villages surrounding Schaffhausen. At the moment, that's two traffic companies, one for the suburban areas called uh, RVSH and the one for the cities called VVSH. One is paid by the city and the other one is paid by the uh, surrounding canton, which is uh, yeah, something uh, like a state. Right. Just a bit smaller with Switzerland. Everything sure. is a lot smaller. <laughs> So you got 26 states or something like that in Switzerland exactly, with yeah. 7 million well people. Informed. Yeah. Interesting things you were just telling me. What's the population of the area you serve and what's your daily passenger ridership? Well, for the city buses, the city itself, Schaffhausen, has 38,000 inhabitants and we transport 36,000 passengers a day. So it's almost the whole city in one day. But uh, that includes the people that go to work and uh, come back home sure. in the evening. But it's still an amazing statistic. You're probably transporting at least half the city every day. And what is your fare box recovery ratio, you were telling me? In the city, it's 50%. So half of the money that we earn is uh, from the tickets and the other half is from the city itself. Yeah, that's they, really high for a lot of cities in North America. Most American cities are under 25%. With just bus systems, they're normally at 15%. So you being at 50% is phenomenal. And you charge $3. Tell us how your fare system works. Um, the system is based on uh, either monthly tickets, yearly tickets, or you just buy single fares or uh, a daily ticket. As you said, um, just uh, the single fare is uh, three Swiss francs and that'll take you around the city for exactly one hour. And if you pay twice the amount, you can drive around the whole day. The monthly ticket itself is 96 Swiss francs for an adult. And uh, that's our best selling uh, option, yeah. And then how do you collect fares on the bus? It's very interesting. I took some pictures and video of you doing that, but tell our audience how that works. For the city bus, it's an honor system. People just get on and off and uh, they need a ticket when they get off. If you don't have a ticket, you buy one on the vending machine in the bus. There's a vending machine in every bus. You have to buy one when you get straight in. And also there's a team of uh, 12 control officers. They are all over the city um, and just controlling the buses if people are having a valid ticket. If not, the fine will be 100 Swiss francs. Um, That's so pretty quite high. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So Marcel, you have another honor and that is you are the chief operating officer of the first transit system in the world that I'm aware of that operates an autonomous shuttle 
integrated into regular bus service. So it's not on a separate little tourist route. This is right in your regular service and connects up and is a regular part of your service. Tell us about that and tell us about operating it and, and whatever else you want to tell us about that because I think people are very interested in that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's correct. We started in March and the bus is driving in the city of uh, Neuhausen, which is close to the Rheinfall. It's the, the biggest waterfall in Switzerland. Its primary customers are tourists. The bus itself starts in the center of Neuhausen and takes people uh, around the route of about 600 meters. Within traffic, it's a zone where people are only allowed to drive 30 kilometers an hour. That's about 20 miles an hour. But it is uh, just regular traffic with normal cars on there. The autonomous vehicle drives within normal traffic. There's a person on board that surveys the system. The only operation um, he can do is to stop the vehicle just uh, in case the system wouldn't work. Gotcha. And what's your experience been operating? You've had 8,000 passengers ride so far, and you showed me the control center, how that you've got the vehicle right up on the same screen with all the other buses. It's really integrated. But from the COO's perspective, how is it working for you? Well, it's quite successful. As you said, within the short time, we had uh, a lot of passengers. There were no accidents so far. Technically, technically the vehicle works fine. And uh, for us, uh, we, we have to survey the system. There are cameras on the inside and outside of the vehicle itself. For us, the experience is quite good. Yeah. Have you had any complaints from drivers? Like, you know, hey, you know, this is no driver. But you do have somebody in there. But I mean, how is that integrating into your, the culture here at your operation? Well, as we've seen from uh, surveillance done by ETH, the uh, University of Zurich acceptance has risen. We've had no complaints so far. At the beginning, we had yeah, to ask people, uh, would you like to ride? Yes. There, was, um, there were concerns uh, of some people, but now that has changed a lot. People are very interested in new technology. And yeah, we can see that by the number of passengers. And one last question. Why did you choose to do this? I mean, this is pretty innovative. What made you, I mean, you know, uh, here in Newhausen, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing. We see the future in uh, transportation systems like this. We want to have a system in Schaffhausen where standard regular buses, as we know it today, take people from, from A to B. And we want to use buses like these autonomous systems for the last and first mile. The goal will be um, for passengers to be able to call these cars from their homes uh, to be picked up and brought to uh, the next bus stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it'll be, I think you're, you were telling me that hopefully in, in the near future, you'd be able to push a button at a specific stop or even an app on your phone or, and, and one of these autonomous shuttles will come to you where you're at and take you to a major bus stop or a rail station, right? Exactly. That will be uh, one of the next projects that we hope to start next year. We don't know where yet. There are projects, but uh, can't really uh, give more details. I understand. Well, Marcel, thank you for being our guest and congratulations. I'm Paul Comfort, your host of Transit Unplugged. And today I'm sitting in a beautiful cafe outside Rheinfall with the founder of Amotech. This is the guy that made it all happen, who brought to the world the first automated shuttle operating regular route service here in uh, uh, Schaffhausen. And tell, Peter, you've done so much here. Tell us a little about yourself and your vision for what's happening here in uh, Switzerland with the autonomous shuttle. Okay, Paul. Well, uh, telling about myself, I'm a lawyer, which is always a bad thing. I tried to do something better out of my life, and that's why I ended up hey in now. transit. <laughs> I, I resemble um, that. 
<laughs> well, well, the idea of why we started with this was basically we wanted to enable all our customers, irrespective of the vehicle, of the engine of this vehicle, but also whether there is a driver in or not. Mm-hmm. And some of our customers, they came up with this and just said, look, we would like to to test this and to know a little bit about autonomous vehicle. Yes. And uh, when, when we said, okay, we're going to take care of this, we're going to look around. The only thing we saw was a project uh, also here in Switzerland, uh, which was more likely a marketing project where they were driving from A to B, but not fully embedded, not included into the, um, the, regular the public, public transport, not a real regular route. It was all uh, additional, artificial, and, and of course, a lot of, of marketing stuff basically yes. behind this one. Yeah, and that's what's happening in America, by the way, where they're trying these. It's on tourist routes. It's, not, it's on a separate stand track. It's not mixed in the service. Absolutely. So, Peter Schneck, what did you do about it? Well, we, uh, we were a little bit screening the market, and since we couldn't find something, we had a, we had a chat with our shareholder. Yeah. We invited him, and then, of course... When he saw this one and and got the picture of what we were looking for, he said immediately, go. Yes. So I had a problem uh, because we had now customers looking for it and seeking for it. And I had a CEO expecting uh, me to deliver. So uh, what we did is we bought, uh, basically we screened first the market, which vehicle would be really working on an autonomous level five. Okay. So we're not talking about level three, which is Tesla uh, or even below uh, and, and some other vendors. So we're really looking into something that is really level five, fully autonomous. And the only ones that responded and could comply with our specification were two companies in the market. One of them being Navia and another one called EasyMile. Both and from France, right? Both from France because uh, the French government already for before some years enabled and funded uh, companies yes. doing this. Yes. And of course, we're allowing them um, that, they, that they did something out of the norm and, and exceptionally. And that's why they have this, this knowledge advantage to all other German car manufacturers, I must say, at this stage. So this only... These two companies responding were finally made a decision to go with Navia because we found that they already had a project here in Switzerland. So the certification organization, all local ones here, okay, they They're somehow indicated that they would be familiar with this uh-huh. and this might ease in your life, of course, without giving any preference. Right. And um, and that's why we went with Navia. That's that's the truth. Price wise, they were all the same, so there was no big yes. thing. And then we started trying to get the certificate on one hand to really get it on the road. So, And you started a company, yes. Amotech, which stands for what? Autonomous Mobility Technology. Right. The reason why we founded this, this organization was I just wanted to make sure that we have a team that is dedicated to autonomous vehicle only to this project and not turned apart by any other projects and, and distracted by any other things that typically happen in operational life. Right. So we just want to make sure that they have all the time that they need and that they can really focus. The other thing is I wanted to make sure that they're not in this funnel of our backend system trying to com- to comply with the existing norms, I wanted them really to think out of the box and okay. not to be limited. Right. And that's why we set up this company. We had some developers. We had uh, a business developer also in there, but, but mainly developers from a technology side. And I also wanted to make sure that we have people with knowledge from our organization, but of course also on top, externals that were not preconditioned by our system. Right. And then by this, of course, we started now with this company. I said, go try to make two things happen. Number one is get this vehicle on the road. Okay. Second thing, make sure that we embed this into our backend system because this is what our customers are looking for. Right. 
And what we were looking then for this is, and, and I think this is key for all of this, um, what you have to know over here in, in Europe, and I think it's not different in the US, you first need an operator because right. we don't have a concession, so we're not allowed to go on a public road and transport people. So that's why we had to get involved with a local operator. And when we raced this here in Schaffhausen with uh, Bruno Schwager, who's a, vi a very visionary uh, gentleman and the CEO of this local transport authority, he immediately jumped on this one. I think it was less than uh, 10 seconds and a <laughs> glass of wine that he agreed to go for it. So he was going to be your operator, the local transit system. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then what other, how did the Swiss mobility lab or whatever, or well, transportation lab figure into that? Right. Well, we were the technology provider. Okay. We had now an operator. Right. The operator building the bridge between the technology provider and the authorities. And we thought that it would make sense also to get the authority involved to make sure that we get the certificate a little faster, right. that we know when and where to push the, the right political pressure yes. points, yes. and to make sure that when there are any hurdles, that, you know, in a political discussion... Right. You've got they, the government they, behind you, right? There you go. That right. they might get a better understanding of what we're doing, yes. let's, let's say, in a nice way. And that's why we got also the canton of Schaffhausen, which is the state of, of, of Schaffhausen, okay. including the governor on board. Right. And we created this Swiss transit lab, because the idea was building the bridge between technology and, and the canton, one okay. thing. But the other thing is also creating acceptance with the population yes. because they knew that it was somehow not a freaky private company doing some stuff, but of course also here some some authorities standing behind this, funding this, but also right. making sure that we stay within the, the borderlines right. and not doing something like you've heard with other companies that might be beyond right. any legal uh, right. term. So this, so this was very key for us. So you had really a three legged stool then, so to speak. You had the technology company, Amotech, which is bringing in what was needed behind the scenes. You had an operator, which is the local transit system, but you also had the general government, the, the state and the city of Schaffhausen who were supporting it. With those three, absolutely, that's what was required really to make this go, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was your vision, right? Absolutely. You saw that all three of them were necessary. Absolutely. And what we did is on top, that's why we created the Swiss Transit Lab. We wanted to keep this open. Because we're of the opinion that only if we share our knowledge, if we don't have this silo project, right. uh, very secret thing happening, that we can move this technology forward. So you and have the university involved, right? We have the university involved, but we also have third-party companies, even up to our competitors involved. Okay. Because we just said, we want to share knowledge, we want to push this technology, and this only happens if we have a lot of multipliers being involved in this whole thing. So we're sitting right now, the reason we're sitting here is this is the route. For the service. Yeah, so what do you see next, Peter? Now that you've got this in regular route service, it's integrated. Yesterday I visited your transit system. Yep. Talked to them and they're, and they're a guest on this show, uh, the, the COO, about how it's fully integrated into regular route service. It stops at a bus stop. Another bus stops right with it. You can transfer between them. Correct. What's next? What do you see happening next? Well, the next thing is already on the go. What we're trying to do now is, uh, and the canton already agreed and will fund this, we will get a second vehicle. Okay. And this would, with this vehicle, we want to show first mile and last mile solutions. So what we want to show is how from a larger vehicle, we can distribute the different passengers to 
to their homes, basically, and overcome the last mile, which is the major hurdle for people over here in Europe to use public transport because it's a comfort thing. Yes. If you can do this last 500 meters by a vehicle when it's raining, when it's snowing, uh, when you have a lot of uh, bags on you, when it's late in the night and, and you're female. So you feel much more comfortable if, if, if somebody picks you up, brings you really to your home and to your final destination. Yes. And, and this is what we're trying to, to do and then really show a fractureless transportation mode from A to B fully embedded and this gonna happen I hope still this year. Very good. Thank you Peter Schneck. Quite a visionary. CNN recognized you just recently worldwide again right here in Schaffhausen as the first autonomous shuttle operating in mixed traffic on a regular route service. Congratulations. Thank you very much Paul. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.